We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week. It just never seems to stop affecting me on this day. And, you know, we, we were here Good Friday, and we had a wonderful time, community service. And I felt like the Lord really showed up. And it was just a reminder of what he did for us, what Jesus did for all of you and, and for me. He gave his life as a ransom for many. Otherwise, you and me would be paying the price. So today is a celebration of sorts, just recognizing what Jesus truly did and that he is risen. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Well, are you excited to be here? I'm excited. I, I wanted to start just by saying welcome. <laughs> we, I've seen some faces here. We're, by the way, I'm Pastor Norm. This is Pastor Barb, my, my wife, my assistant. So... My right hand, my helpmate. But we wanted to welcome everyone. And if you're new to the Hope, I'm, we're both glad you're here. We're all glad that you're here. Can we give our, our visitors a warm welcome? Praise God. I can honestly say I do not know what the Lord's going to do next. But I do know that he's been moving in this church. We have seen miracles. We have sensed his anointing people have witnessed in visions and dreams they've seen angels in this place and it's not the building it's not the building we are the temple of God amen, amen. so I don't know what the Lord's going to do next but I think it's going to be pretty amazing so we'd love to have you just come along with us we're, we're at a place where we're growing and uh, I, I think this this building here is going to be full before long Similar to today, but even more so. So, amen. 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 Well, today is, of course, Easter. I like to call it Resurrection Sunday. But this is the highlight of our Christian walk. Amen. It was the day, of course, that Jesus Christ set us free, and he gave each of us the keys to his kingdom. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We tend to get really excited about this season, don't we? For obvious reasons. You know, Jesus paved the way for us to have everlasting life. He showed us that it's possible because they crucified him. He was dead. If the EMTs had been there that day, there would have been no pulse. In fact, there was no blood in his body, according to Scripture. And then they wrapped him up and they put him in a tomb until that following Sunday, when they intended to go back and get his body and take care of it. But guess what? He wasn't there. That's right. He was risen. He rose from the dead, and he is the first one of many. You and I are going to follow that same path. If we should die, if this body gives out before Jesus comes back for his church, then we too will go with him. Similar to how Jesus rose from the dead, we will rise up out of the earth wherever we're at and we will go to heaven with him forever. If you're still alive when he comes back, the Bible says that you're going to be taken up to meet him in the air. That's pretty exciting too. Amen. 
I don't care which way I go, I just want to be in heaven someday. And I hope you do too. Here's the problem. And this is something that the two of us have been kind of battling with. This isn't going to be your typical Easter message. We both sensed and felt that there's another side to the Easter story that we often kind of just glaze over. If we're not careful, we can look at Good Friday and what happened to Jesus in the grave through the lens of Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, if you will. In other words, because we know what happened on this day, that day in his story when Jesus rose from the dead, we can minimize or forget what Jesus went through on Friday and Saturday. The day we call Good Friday was the day Jesus sacrificed his body for our sins once and for all. I wonder if Jesus thought it was Good Friday. That was the day that he took every sin that you and I ever committed, past, present, and future. He took them on the cross as he hung there, and he paid the price with his blood. He took our place. Why would he do that? Why would he take your place? Why would he take my place? Am I, am I worthy? Is anybody here worthy? I don't believe we are. He did it because he loved us. And I'd like to share just a couple of scriptures. If you would put up Romans 5, 8 and follow along with me. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ. How are we made right? By the blood of Christ. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we, were, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Verse 11, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Do this for me. Poke your neighbor and say, we are a friend of God. We are a friend of God. And it's not because you're so special, although you are, to God. It's because Jesus gave his life for you, and now you are called a friend of God. How awesome is that? In our old sinful state, we were enemies of God. But as a result of God's grace and through the blood of his one and only son, Jesus Christ, we are all forgiven of our sins as long as we put our trust in him. We can be pardoned for all the wrongs that we've done, and all of us are sinners. The Bible says that. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And that's why... We are joyful today because Jesus not only said, I will give you life, but he said, I will give it to you in abundance. Hallelujah. If you haven't experienced forgiveness yet, at the end of today's message, as we close, we'll give you that opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Amen. But you know, as awesome as Resurrection Sunday is and Good Friday is, we tend to skip over one day. That's Saturday.
you very rarely hear about it. So what about from Good Friday to Sunday morning? Pastor Norm calls it the dark Saturday. There's a darkness there. That two-day period was the darkest time in Jesus' life. Did you ever really stop and think about that? The Bible shows us in Luke 22, verse 44, that what Jesus was feeling in those hours of his life caused him to sweat blood. That's serious. That is a lot of grief. That is a lot of stress. Has anyone here ever done that? I've never heard of anybody doing that. No one. Jesus experienced the darkness of betrayal and scorn. And for the first time in his human life, he felt what it was like to be left alone by his heavenly father. That period of time when God turned his back on Jesus, his very own son, and then Jesus went to the grave for you and I. That's powerful. Martin Luther King said about this, that Saturday was the day that God himself lay cold in the grave. But you know what? Jesus knew what was coming. If you knew ahead of time something you were going to experience that was going to be so horrific, so horrible, could you go through with it? Jesus knew what was coming. And what if he had said, I'm not doing this. No way, Dad. Get me out of here. That would be most of us. I don't think we could take it. There wasn't another plan, and Jesus Christ knew that. He knew he had to be successful. He knew he had to do this. He had to come through for you and for me. That experience was pivotal for this day that we call Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And we just heard someone say this, you can't get to Sunday till you go through Saturday. Amen? There are going to be times in your life that you're not going to be able to get through to Sunday until you go through that Saturday. Can you say that with us? You, you can't, can't get, get to, to Sunday until you go through Saturday. Now this is just a, a little glimpse of what today's message is going to be about. Like Jesus Every one of us experiences dark times. Some of you, as I look across this room, I, I can think of horrendous things, to borrow the same word you used, horrendous situations that you've had to face. Some of you have lost children. Tony, Bill, God bless you guys. You know, I just can't imagine what that's like. But you made it through. You went to the other side because Jesus was there with you, holding your arm through that whole experience. There are days where you feel like everyone has forsaken you. Sometimes even God. Who can say amen to that? The darkness does not discriminate. Whether you've turned to God already or not, we all face dark times in our lives. Even pastors Whoa, wait have their a minute. moments. You're saying pastors go through this too? Yes, we do. I know we do. <laughs> we, they usually can tell and they say, Pastor, have you had your coffee yet? No, I'm just going through a dark moment. No, I don't do that. But, but it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As one pastor said, some of your greatest moments will come out of your darkest days. And I believe that's true. There is something about being stretched 
There's something about having to trust in God in those moments when there's no hope, no help. It seems like all is lost, and that's when God does his best work. And that's when God grows us up like never before. Amen. You're going to have to go through dark days, just as Jesus did between Friday and Sunday. So what do you do when you experience some of these dark times in your life? I'd like to quote Psalm, the writer of Psalm for this answer. Psalms 91, verses 14 and 15. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. You should put this on your refrigerator. Everybody say that with me. Psalm 91, 14 and 15. When, when you get home, you write that down and put it on your refrigerator. Because when you go through these dark days, you're going to need a reminder. What do I do next? And I want you to look at this, and we're going to share a little bit more about this. The Psalms, at least half of them, were written by David, the king of Israel. He knew what it was like to experience darkness. He knew what it was like to experience sin. And he knew what it was like to experience God's forgiveness and his grace. Out of his darkest moments, he's the one that said, love God, trust God, and call on God. Amen. You know, when you find yourself in darkness, and it can be all different situations. It can be financial. It can be your health. It can be your spiritual walk. Sometimes it feels like there's no one there for you. Those times happen. And when you start to feel that way, you need to walk with God in faith. Sometimes it feels like your prayers are just hitting the ceiling and coming back down. And honestly, even after being with the Lord for so long, sometimes I step back and go, are you real? I don't care who you are. You're going to have those experiences. And guess what? That's where you buck it up and you say, it doesn't matter how I feel. God, you said in your word that you will do this. You will protect us. And that's the darkness. And that's when you keep stepping in faith. And God will give you a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Even though the world around you is crazy, Amen. if you're hanging on to God, you can walk through it. Amen? That's right. And you can find that in Philippians 4, 7. It is by faith that you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. The Lord says he will walk with us through the darkest valley. Psalms 23, it's a very, everybody knows that right. one most of the time. Verse 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. It doesn't say he swoops you out and gets you out of there. He says he walks beside you we through want him each to. situation. Amen. We? we want him to we just pick us him. up and go, boop. You know, we're here. So we don't have to go through that Amen. mess. Amen. Amen. But God says he will walk beside you. And he will keep you protected. I want to give you a word picture, and this came to me last week. Walking without Jesus is like opening a door into a dark room. 
And I don't care how familiar you are with your surroundings. I know I get up every morning. I know my steps haven't changed. I know my living room furniture has not been rearranged. But when it's dark, you do kind of this kind of thing. So you may be familiar with your surroundings, but when there's a darkness in that room, you still stumble and feel lost in the dark. But walking with Jesus is like hitting the light switch. You fumble for the switch, you cool, no problem. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. You don't fumble. But the interesting thing, nothing's changed in that room except for the light. In any situation you go through, you can stumble through it on your own in the dark. Which but, is what most of us do. Exactly. But if you flip that switch with Jesus, man, you got it made. Amen? Hallelujah. Here are three things that you can do when you're walking in the dark times. Number one is love the Lord. Nothing can separate you. Romans 8, 35 through 39 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Amen? We're not little snippets. We are conquerors through him who he loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. All right. So number one. According to that scripture that I gave you that you're going to put on your refrigerator, number one, you're going to do what? Love the Lord. All right, so that's where you start. No matter what's going on, no matter what your feelings are telling you, I can't do this by myself. You're not alone. God is with you. He'll never leave you or forget who you are if you're his. As Pastor Roger said earlier, he's counted the very hairs on your head. He's intimate with you. So go to him and begin to love him. Number two, trust in the Lord. Resign to the fact that whatever it is that you're going to face, you're not in this alone and he will get you through it. Now I've shared this, we've shared our, our testimony many times and you know after 30 some years you run out of stories. So some of you may have heard this. But when we went to Bible college back in 1988, we were... In the process of selling our house, we'd sold it before we'd left Lansing, and then after six weeks, the bank came back and said, oh, sorry, this guy didn't qualify. You have to start all over again. Well, we're already gone to Springfield, Missouri. We're, we've already taken off. We've already moved into a mobile home on campus in Springfield. So here's this house, this $85,000 house in Lansing that we haven't sold yet. Well, how many know that there's something called a mortgage, usually, when you own a brand new home like that? And we had no problem paying that mortgage when I was working for General Motors, but now I was a Bible student. We had no income. What did we do? We kept writing that check every month. It was a very dark time for us because we got to the place where we had no money left. And we're sitting there in our living room, and both of us came to this same conclusion. And I believe this is, 
This is what I'm trying to teach you today. This is what we had to do. We had to yield to God. We had to say to him, Lord, it doesn't matter. If you want us broke, so be it. Or if you want to get us out of this pickle that we're in, this darkness that we're in, that'd be all right with us too. But regardless of what you want to do with this situation, we put our trust in you, and we are here to get our education. The miracle happened that Monday. As soon as we resigned to the fact that we trusted God, that Monday I got a call from our realtor and people had come and seen the house and said, we'll buy it, full price, cash. <laughs> to make the, a little longer story short, by that Friday we had, we had our escrow money wired to us. We had money in our bank account again. It must be, God didn't want us to be broke, but he wanted to learn something there. He wanted us to realize that we needed to trust in him. So trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is actually, why don't you read it? Because that's one of your favorite scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Amen? Amen. I love it. So number one, love the Lord. Number two, trust in the Lord. And number three, call on the Lord. How many here who have kids wouldn't go running if you hear your kids screaming for help or yelling out for you? We will do everything. We will move mountains to take care of our kids. Amen? Now, now can I just say, we have a 33-year-old and a 30, almost 35-year-old sitting back there. And if you guys cried out today, I would still come running to help you. Nothing would prevent me from at least trying to help you. Amen. Now, I have to admit, when they were younger, I always said, if you're bleeding, stay at the front door. I'll come to you. <laughs> so, you did, too. I did. <laughs> That's how you raise boys. But, you know, if we have that heart's desire to help, what do you think Jesus Christ wants to do for us know that your heavenly father is there waiting for you to call out and if you don't know how or what to pray then just start out by calling the name of Jesus you know when I first got saved somebody told me this you don't know how to pray just yell Jesus <laughs> and I thought well that's weird well it wasn't long after we got saved pastor Norma's in the backyard mowing the yard and he had decided he didn't like the way the self-propel stuff worked, so he just took it all off. It's because it didn't work. Okay. This is my story. So he puts his foot on the lawnmower, and he ranks it back. But guess what? There was a gear that was about so big, and it had teeth on it. And the teeth caught the edge of his tennis shoe, and pulled his foot into the lawnmower. Into the gear on the lawnmower. So I know she's telling the story. I hear him screaming for help. Well, I don't know if you were really you were you help, yeah. Anyway, I go out there and hear and hear his foot. And we kept the tennis shoe as long as we could. It got stinky. But the gear was sunk in the middle of his foot where it had pulled it in. I didn't know what to do. I just started yelling, Jesus. I ran to the, I started to run to the neighbor. I always went for help first. 
And God said to me, go to the other house. I ran to the other house. I didn't even knock on their door, and they were bachelors. I threw open the door. They're at the dining room table, and all that I got out was Norm, lawnmower, yard. The guys jumped up. They went out there. The man knew exactly what to do because he was a paramedic. So he had to go crank at Norm's foot back out of the lawnmower. And he said, don't take his shoe off. He's probably lost some toes. There's no blood right now, but if we take the shoe off, it could really get bad. So he helped me get him in the car. Now, I'll never forget this. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't even know what to do. You didn't know how to drive either. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm a pretty crazy driver. I don't know if I was more driver. worried about my foot or her driving. We're going down middle of Lansing, Saginaw, 5 o'clock traffic. I have one hand on the steel and the steering wheel and the other one out the window going, Jesus, 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 flying, going through red lights all the way to the hospital. I think they heard it, too. It sounded to them like, <laughs> I, I didn't know what else to do. And so I just kept yelling out, Jesus. We get into emergency, and they're like, which one of our, you are the patient? Well, she was, she, she was, uh, I was pregnant with Andy. Yeah, she was pregnant with Andy, so she, they weren't sure which one of us was so the patient. We get in there, and we tell them what happened, and they take the shoe off. There's no cut across the foot. Except for one toe, it almost middle cut it. Middle toe, it. he had stitches, but the one next to it was literally crooked. And I told Norm, I said, that's to remind you what Jesus Christ did in your life that Amen. day. He did a true blue miracle. Those toes should have been gone. And all I did was yell, Jesus. Now, some of you, this is important because you're starting your new walk with Christ. Man, the name of Jesus is powerful. You didn't mention powerful. that. We had just gotten saved. I did. You did? I did. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. Well, you're not listening. I guess not. <laughs> and it's your story. So, if you don't know what to do, just cry out. God is so good. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to know the word inside and out. As long as you love Jesus and you keep looking up to him, God is going to steer you Amen. in the right directions. Amen. Psalms 91. Amen. Give them a hand. Woo! Psalms 91, 15 through 16 says, When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Amen. So, Pastor Norm has in the notes, as we begin to close... I don't normally say that, but I have to say it because it's in my notes. <laughs> so, everyone must go through dark times, amen? Do you agree with me on that? doesn't matter who you are. You're going to go through some hardships. But for those that believe and put their trust in Jesus, there's something good coming. Amen. Something good. And like Jesus, they too, you will have that resurrection day, amen? Hallelujah. But what about you? Are you truly excited about what this day represents? Have you ever thought about Saturday? Or has the darkness been so painful and so overwhelming for you that you've neglected the one who can turn it around, the one who can lead you to the other side safely? Amen. 
I've always wondered this. I don't know how anybody gets through life without Jesus after having walking with him and, and learning. It's too scary to even think about. Jesus paid the price for your sins, whether you accept what he did for you or not. By accepting what he did for you, it's a guarantee of everlasting life. But those of you who don't repent or you don't want to learn to lean on God, your future is sealed in a different way. Amen. As she said, we're about to close, but I wanted to share this brief illustration with you. Pastor Steve Malone shared this about a man that received or was offered a presidential pardon. During the presidency of Andrew Jackson, how many of you were around when he was... <laughs> 1829, anybody? Back in that day, George Wilson, a postal clerk, you've heard of him going postal. It started a long time ago. He robbed a federal payroll from a train, and in the process, he killed a guard. The court convicted him and sentenced him to death by hanging. However, because of public sentiment against capital punishment, a movement began to secure a presidential pardon for Wilson since it was his first offense. And eventually, Jackson pardoned the man. Amazingly, though, Wilson refused it. The sheriff was unwilling to hang Wilson. How can you hang a man who's been pardoned? Since this had never happened before, the Supreme Court was asked whether or not someone could still received the death penalty even though they'd been pardoned. Chief Justice John Marshall handed down his court decision and he said, a pardon is a parchment whose only value must be determined by the receiver of the pardon. It has no value apart from that which the receiver gives to it. George Wilson had refused to accept the pardon we cannot conceive why he would do so, but he has. Therefore, George Wilson must die. You may think, what kind of idiot is this guy? Who would ever do this? And yet, I believe, as you stand to your feet this morning, I believe there are people in this room who you've stood at this very place in your life time and time again. Everyone, everyone can stand, please. In just a minute, we're going to sing the song, the song that we ended with. It's called, what a beautiful name, sorry. In my notes, it said Mary's song, so. <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful name. That name paid for your sins. Jesus went to the cross for you so that you wouldn't have to die someday for your sins. You have been pardoned. But, not unlike Wilson, you have to receive the pardon in order for it to take place. Amen. If you refuse that pardon, then what you're really saying is, I don't need God. Apparently you don't love Him. Apparently you don't trust Him. Apparently you're not willing to call out to Him. And you will go to the grave in your sins. No one can come to the Father but through the Son. It's the only way to secure 
eternal life. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, as the music plays softly, I just want to ask today, if you're here and, and you are absolutely certain that you've given your heart to Jesus, that you love him, you trust him, you've called out to him and said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. If you're a born-again believer and you're in this room, would you raise your hand? Hands going up all over the room. God bless you. You can put them down. Now, not everyone's hand went up, and I appreciate those of you who are being honest. What I want to do is offer you that pardon that Jesus offered to me, and he offered to Pastor Barb, and everyone else that just raised their hand. And I want to pray with you. It will be a simple prayer, but it's going to have a profound effect and everlasting effect on your life from this, way, this point forward. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need that pardon. I want Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want to be made new again. Would you lift your hand up without anybody looking? Nobody's peeking. Yep, hands going up. Thank you. You can put them down. Yep, you can put them down. Anybody else? Yep. Anyone else? You can put them down after you've raised them. Yep. At least five or six have gone up. Anyone else? Yes, you can put it down. Thank you. Others, yes. Anyone else? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to come into our lives. And I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray this prayer with me. And if you just lifted your hand and you meant business with God, what you're about to pray is going to change your life forever. You will become born again. You will become a new person. And you will one day be standing in heaven with him forever. That's his promise to us as he pardons us. So let's pray this prayer and, and all of you saints if you would join us. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father forgive me of my many sins. I know I've done so much wrong, but today I stand at the threshold of heaven and, and this earth, and I ask you to forgive me. Wash my sins away. Through the blood of Jesus, cleanse me and make me a new person. From this day forward, I'm going to put my trust in you, Lord. I receive all you've done for me. Now help me to live my life for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand today. Now listen. If, if you've never received one of the little booklets that we have, it's called The Start of Something Wonderful, The New Life. It'll be available as you go out in the back here. The men will have it. One of the ushers will have it. Please take one. It's free. Uh, if you get an opportunity, fill out the little card that's with it, and uh, we would love to, to hear back from you. There's some things happening in this church. As people become born again, something that's happening in this church is that we're going to partner with you. And if you'd like a partner, make sure and let the ushers know. Let someone at the front desk know at the guest service because we don't want you to have to go through this new life all on your own. It's so important that you have someone right next to you walking through this life with you along with Jesus. Amen? Now,
in two weeks, the next step for you, those of you who have given your hearts to the Lord, those of you who have confessed your sins to Him, and you're born again, the next step is what? Water baptism. In two weeks, that's going to happen right here on this stage. We are going to give you that opportunity. We've given you two weeks' notice. That's the next step. You take a public stand for Jesus. You invite your family and your friends, and we are having a celebration that day, too. So please, if you haven't already done it, sign up out at the guest service. Let us know that you're going to be there, and uh, we'll let you know what you need to bring on that particular day. We love you guys. Thank you for coming out on this Easter Sunday. I'm going to close in prayer, and then the worship team is going to lead us in this song one more time, and you're free to leave as you feel necessary. Again, Lord, we thank you for everything that has been accomplished this morning in your spirit. We thank you for every person that's been touched. Those have been born again forever, and it seems like anyway, and those who were just born again, brought into the kingdom. We know the Bible says angels are rejoicing in heaven over each one's name being added to the book of life. We rejoice with them, Lord. And I pray that as we go with our families today, as we uh, travel, God, keep us safe on the road. Loose angels around us and help us to be ministers of the gospel, of the truth, of your love everywhere we go. We commit this church, the people of Mount Hope, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Your kids are going to get candy on the way out if you let them. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm.